So we are live now. This is exciting, isn't it? Giving it, I'm giving it, giving it 10 seconds or so until, in the words of James Kavanagh, I don't know if you guys saw that video, but we're just going to let people come in. So funny. And he's so right. Every uh, um, Insta, I see people like fixing themselves (laughs) like this all the time. I know we're literally doing it right now. This episode of Girls with Goals is brought to you by Dr. Ertker's new Mementi Pizza Range. Hello, everybody who is there. Hello. And welcome to the very first live Zoom of Girls with Goals. My name is Neve Marr. I'm going to be taking you through the events. We do have our guests who are here with us as well. I'm going to introduce them in one second, but I've just realized that this is a bit odd because everybody can see you guys, but we're going to hold off as if they don't know who you are while I say a word about our sponsor. So tonight's evening is brought to you by Dr. Utger's new Mementi Pizza range, which has just launched, lads. I have to say, right, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be eating this throughout the show. Here's one I prepared earlier. Sorry. Can we take a moment for how incredible my pizza looks? Look at the, the um, it's the wooden tray. It's the wooden tray, right? Everything looks more divine yeah Mm. so the whole point about this is taking a moment for yourself so i'm going to be taking moments throughout the entire show to eat that pizza and we're going to talk about it a little bit later on as well right i'm going to introduce you since you're here so i would like to introduce my guests comedian and writer joanne mcnally is here and also athlete and amateur boxer and mental health and wellness advocate mk slattery clap for ourselves because you can't hear us for having us I'm so excited to have you. I'm presuming that anybody who's watching now are clapping. So that's a great way to start everything. (laughs) We're going to kick things off with our game. So it's called Six Words or Less. And basically, we used to do this a lot on the show. And then we kind of bring it back whenever we feel like it. Joanne, you were on one of the first episodes of Girls With Goals. And you did this back in the day. I don't know if you remember what your words were back then. So it's six words to describe yourself. So do you remember what the words were that you said probably two and a half years ago now at this point? No, can you? I do. I remember. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Constantly checking my braces for food. (gasps) Oh, throw boxes when I braces. Yeah. They work. Look. They do. Lovely. Lovely. I loved uh, it. And I was very much not expecting because it didn't describe you at all. It just described your mouth. But it was but it great. Was, I was. It was very like braces are great and all. But like there was a lot of humiliation. You were just kind of like this because stuff like green and all would get stuck in it. And it's like there's something very embarrassing about having stuff stuck, stuck, stuck in your teeth. Now I would change it to um, desperately trying to avoid my adulthood. <laughs> That's it. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's me. I love it. I love it. That's great. Thanks. It's very informative. <laughs> it's an, un- inform- an informative sentence. Exactly. Yeah, it sums it, me up. It gives us a glimpse. Yeah. MK, what about you? Six words or less to describe yourself. So I understood it as like six adjectives, but I think if I was to describe myself in a sentence of six words, I'd probably say um, constantly changing my point of view. Oh, I love that. That's very good. That's very good. Mm. It depends. People say adjectives, people do sentences, whatever you want. I appreciated both of those sentences. They were very good. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about lockdown life. We're going to take some time to talk about me moments later on as well. But I suppose we're at the point now 
which is an incredible point where we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So things are slowly starting to reopen. But I suppose I want to go back a little bit and talk about how you guys have been dealing with lockdown professionally and personally. So Joanne, can you tell me a little bit like obviously you're well, for people who don't know, you've been in the UK, so you haven't been home in like three months or or Mm. more now at this point but how has lockdown been for you like highs and lows swings and roundabouts ups and downs at the start I was in a I I didn't really think about the work thing I was just terrified that my mum was gonna die like all the time and that I and I was terrified that I was gonna catch it and I don't know I wouldn't go home mum was like come home and like isolate here and I was like no because I'll I'm worried I'll kill you yeah. So I was like, no, 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 no. Um, and I was, it was, you could feel the energy over in like in London. It was just so tense. It was so eerie. There was no one anywhere. And the places where there were people that you could just feel the fear, it just yeah. the panic. Um, then I kind of settled into it. My biggest thing was I, you know, I work a lot and I my I always felt before if I wasn't doing something that I was being lazy yeah. and that I was not like progressing my career in some way so I always felt I had to be doing something and I was stressed out of my mind like writing articles and trying to write stand-up and I was gigging pretty much six nights out of seven and on trains and I was gigging all over the UK and um it took me a while it's like going on holidays you only go on holidays and it takes you ages I'm not a relaxer like I'm not a relaxed I'm not relaxed like I've been to spas and stuff and I, I can't stick them because I don't know how to relax switch off yeah no I don't know how to do it and um I'm tetchy all the time you know and uh so that took me ages I was like oh I'm actually allowed to just chill out and like read a book I don't have to be constantly like trying to pitch sitcoms like I can just chill out that was a big lesson for me and and now I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna get going again yeah no definitely I think it's a really kind of it's an interesting point of view because I've spoken to a lot of people over the last few months who have dealt with that kind of anxiety and that kind of pressure to perform essentially. So, okay, well, we're, we're here at home and as opposed to maybe taking a moment and kind of thinking about yourself, it's like, well, what can I produce in these hours that I have in the day? But like MK for you kind of, how was it initially when the lockdown kind of took hold and when you found yourself in, in that situation. I suppose like Joanne was kind of talking professionally there. So how was that for you kind of adjust adjusting to it? Yeah, I, I'm resonating really deeply with what Joanne is saying about like trying to find that rhythm because the rhythm shift was was quite um, quite dramatic for everyone, I think. And I think it was like uh, understanding that my identity had been really wrapped up in being busy and being productive yeah. and having a yeah. lot of outputs and and understanding that like, actually now I need to get to know myself a little bit more from it like being still and and taking time to just switch off um Mm. because I had no choice like I mean there was no jobs coming in there was nothing really I wasn't doing anything I just finished my last set of exams um so I was like right I really just have to exist and be here and try to deal with the existential dread that comes from plugging into the news or plugging into social media and uh kind of detach from that and give myself space um and initially that was really hard to do um and there was all sorts of teething problems even like with you know being locked up with my partner like we were kind of like there were like arguments that just didn't need to happen you know but it's because there's this kind of unearthing situation where you don't have your routine you don't have a, a an outlet to leave and come back to the house you're constantly in this one place and that 
creates all of this tension that just never existed before. So trying to work through that. Um, yeah, I saw it as like an opportunity to get to know myself a little bit better. Yeah. Um, because usually when I'm like, you know, you know, when you're triggered by something, by like you have aversion to some sort of situation, you might just be like, well, I, I that's not my thing. You know, even reading something online or reading an article that like I don't necessarily agree with. I was using the time for the first time rather than being like, that's not for me. Being like, what part of me is responding to what part of that? Yeah. What is triggering me? Why don't I, why don't I appreciate that? What's coming from this situation? Like it's, it's massive. Like, and that might sound really simple and bear with me because it was actually profound for me because I was like, this is mad. I'm actually getting to understand what part of myself doesn't respond to another point of view or doesn't respond to close mindedness or something like that. You know? Yeah. That was pretty magic. It's so interesting because like I had separated this kind of question into two realms. So, you know, like how did it affect you professionally and then how did it affect you personally? But you've both kind of answered the fact that I feel like a lot of women in particular, you know, maybe before this happened, so much of our identity is wrapped up in what we do. So like for a lot of us, it was something I struggled with as well. Like going to work, going to the office, going to studio was just so something that like, well, this is what I do on a day-to-day basis. If I'm not at home, like scrambling to kind of figure out what I can do instead of that, who am I? And I completely, I felt that, like I felt a little bit lost. And you kind of touched on that, Joanne, there just about, you know, trying to not write a new sitcom every single day and stuff like yeah. that. But it's it's almost separating yourself from what it is that you do and who you are that I think maybe this has actually taught people, you know? Well, like, firstly, just to, I make it sound like I've ri- written a lot of sitcoms. I haven't written any. Um, <laughs> so it's not, like I, it's not like I wrote nine sitcoms. And I was like, that's enough. I didn't write any sitcoms. Uh, but my my job is so tied up with my identity. Like, I'm selling my personality. Like, that's literally the gig, do you know? So you're like, if no one... I found the not gigging at the start I was delighted because when the lockdown happened I say lockdown it, it did actually happen uh, I was fully booked for like I don't know three months or something I did Astra- I was going to Melbourne County Festival on my Vicar yeah. Street so I'd run in South London and I was actually looking at the planner and I was feeling very overwhelmed um, but I was like this is what you do this is what the stage you're at your career you take every job you take every gig like you take if there's a gig in a bin you do it if there's a gig here you just do it so then that just all stopped and I was like it was like having the rug ripped out every job. I work in mass gatherings. That's literally what I do, you know? So I was like, oh my God. And I really missed then the validation of being on stage. Like that's where I feel most uh, like empowered is like you're on stage and you're like having a good gig. When you're not having a good gig, you don't feel empowered. Although now I kind of do because I don't really care, but um, you feel empowered. So when that's gone, that was that was also difficult. And look, putting it in perspective, no one I know got Corona. Well, actually, sorry, we all had it in the house, but no one I know. What? Yeah, we all Did had you it. Really? Yeah, you're joking. No, we all had it. Oh <laughs> my god, that's crazy. I know. Wow. Antibodies, I know. Well, yeah. I congratulations. I thank you. I know. I'm actually so glad I had it. That's amazing. Um, well, it's great that you didn't go home then, though. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I am going home next week. Um, but I'll, I'll self isolate. But the, yeah. I found the lack of kind of performance very difficult. Also, I had too much time to think. I got really paranoid. Yes. I was like picking fights with friends of mine. I just like would decide they they haven't supported me recently in my endeavors, and I'd like ring them and like fight with them. Um, just way too much time to think. Yeah, processing, going back over like past relationships, like just like niggling, 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 niggling. Drank way too much. 
had to pull all that back. I feel like I'm I, loving I, how honest this is. Like yeah. I'm actually blown away. Like it's so true. What yeah. is that like? Overthinking is just an enemy, isn't it? Like massively. But the, but also what was really good and MK, you touched on this was that I like there was some stuff in my life that was probably a bit unresolved in my own mind mm. um, and I was working so much that I didn't really have to deal with it I would just it would come in and I'd just go la, 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 and I'd plug it and yeah. I'd just keep gigging and keep getting on trains and keep gigging and keep getting on trains so then when all that went I went and I had to really like it sounds a bit um OTT deal with some stuff because I'd nowhere to go I just had to sit in my yeah. room and think it through um so in that that sense it's actually been really really helpful yeah I mean that's the thing I, I we're going to talk about like kind of me moments that we whether we discovered it during this very odd and strange time in life or just things that we've kind of learned about ourselves. but I want to maybe ask about a few things you know obviously we don't want to make light of the situation and like we said you know I think I really like what you were saying Joanne at the very beginning I got really scared for like my family's health and stuff like mm. that so that that was like a, a huge source of anxiety you know once once we kind of got into it it was like month one month two in Ireland anyway everybody was really following the protocols and the stats were doing well as in like not many people were obviously you know people did lose their lives but people were following protocols and people were being safe and so that was really good but I kind of want to touch on maybe a few things I know Joanne with you comedy was one of the things that you did that obviously it's your job, you know, you turned yeah. to. So I want to talk about a few maybe funny moments that we experienced and maybe moments um, that we are not going to forget, whether that's good moments or bad moments of lockdown. So Joanne, I mean, you've been uh, documenting a few little, not trysts, but uh, you definitely became more aware of your surroundings and uh, I'm talking about your hot neighbor. I just want to ask about your hot oh, neighbor. Oh, my hot neighbor. Yeah, so my house is in actually a great position. So I live in um, Clapham and it's a big Victorian house. There's five of us living in it. And so I can see out onto about, I'd say about seven gardens if I go right out the window. Okay. So I'm watching them all. I write I write down what they do and stuff. Um, and I have binoculars, but they were taken away from me, but that's another story. So I watch them. There's a family right below. Okay. Uh, they're hot. I think they're they're definitely Eastern European. I can't be quite sure. They could be Polish. Okay. And, um, that they're fit. They're a fit couple. And the dad is a. Uh, I say he's a babe. I've been saying he's pandemically hot. In that I don't have a lot of options. So <laughs> my standards have probably dropped a bit. So he's like he's pandemically hot. But I've had great crack watching them. You think he knows that you're looking at him? Oh yeah, I had to stop then because I was like, he knows I'm watching him. And then it was like, he was shaving his legs in the garden one day and he kept looking up. Amazing. And I was trying to film him. Did you ever, did you ever meet him? Like, do you know the way, I think they did it in the UK longer where you go out and like clap for the frontline workers at eight o'clock. Did you ever have any kind of awkward moments? No, because he's, I look into his, look into his back, into his back, his back garden. Okay. At the front. So he's in the other way. Okay. Well, that was a yeah. funny moment. I mean, you know, I'll you have to have laugh. In some situations, you have to laugh as well, though. You have to just be like, okay, this is the most oh, yeah. ridiculous situation that we're in. MK, what about you? Any kind of standout moments for you, whether it's uh, funny or otherwise? Um, so I'm in West Clare at the moment. Like, there's not very many people around, but I oh, did lovely. get a bike. And I've been cycling up to a nearby field where there's like eight or ten cows there. And I sing Bohemian Rhapsody to them and they really like it. Lovely. Yeah, that was cool. And one of them, actually, they started riding after I, I sang. 
So oh, I inspired some sort of love making. Cow love. Cow love. I was not expecting that. Why that song in particular? Any reason or? Um, no, I just like that song. <laughs> it's a difficult song to sing. There's it's a, a long, that yeah, is a long a song on. to sing. You've been yeah. singing that for like six minutes straight. Um, yeah, Joanne asked there, how come Claire? Uh, my family home is down here and my parents are living in Dublin. So I actually came down to finish my thesis um, and got stuck here. And it's the best nice. place in the world to be stuck, you know? Yeah. So I've been here for... the countryside. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I'm so lucky like to have, you know, just the sea nearby and to be able to go and get the headspace and like nature is mm. massive for me anyway when I'm feeling overwhelmed like just go mm. sit in the grass and I feel better so it's like it, it is a massive privilege and I'm pretty lucky to be here so um, like in terms of you kind of just mentioned it there like nature for you would be a great um sense of relief uh Joanne what would be your happy place what would be like the place that you would be like fantastic I know you said that you struggle to switch off at times um, but if you had to choose a moment for yourself, so on brand, Dr. Utger, Momenti, come on, pick pick a moment. I've loads of happy places, like Vicker Street, on stage in Vicker Street's a happy place. I like, I'm kind of like floating when I'm in there. See, that terrifies, uh, that would terrify me. That would not be my happy place at all. Well, I suppose it's not my job. Years. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. it's not, when I first did it, it was not my happy place. <laughs> it was my nightmare. Uh, but now, now it's my happy place. Like performing, like that just, it just satisfies me in a way that nothing else in my life ever has or ever will. Like, and I'm mm. so lucky I have it, you know. Um, and then the countryside, my, my aunt and uncle have a house in Blind Harbour in Cork. It's literally hanging on the cliff. It's on the edge of the world. Wow. And the whole ha- front of the house is glass and it's just exceptional. My mum's from Cork, wow. so I have a big horn for so Cork. So is my mum. That's cool. Is she? Yeah. Oh, whereabouts in Cork? In Balancolic. <gasps> no way! My mum is not from Balancolic, but I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I love those conversations. I love those I Irish conversations. Uh, I love a bit of Balancolic. So, and also, I'm from uh, Kalini, so I'm dying to get home to like Kalini Hill oh, and Dorking. Amazing. Yeah. All that stuff. I really miss, I miss the landscape. I miss the Irish landscape so much. Yeah. It's bonkers. I just didn't think I'd physically miss Ireland. It's weird. Yeah, I feel like it is one of those things like, I mean, obviously, again, not diminishing, but there's nothing like a global pandemic to kind of knock a bit of sense into you. So like MK, mm. when we get out of this and when we move move forward from it, are you going to be taking any learnings that you've had kind of throughout this about taking more time for yourself? I mean, you know, I met you at... um at that fitness event there. Yeah, the Lifestyle Sports one. Yeah, and when I was talking to you, I, I did feel like when I'm interviewing people, like I can kind of get from them. I felt very calm, essentially speaking to you and you were in the midst of doing your thesis and, you know, there was so much going on in your life that I did really think, you know, she has that kind of centered aura that is given off. But I mean, that was obviously, I'd met you for like 10 minutes. So I suppose like for yourself kind of moving forward, what are you going to take with you into post lockdown life? That's thank you for saying that. That's really nice. It was lovely. Um, it was just yeah. It was nice. Yeah, we were I like love a, that. We that were in a random as well. cave. Do you remember? Yeah. It was very totally. dark. Yeah, it was total lovely, cave. There was no. Yeah. The lights went off halfway through the interview, and we kept going. We did. <laughs> yeah, I was in the middle of writing my my thesis on the Magdalene Laundries, and we were celebrating Inter- International Women's Day. So it was it was an interesting. Yeah. You know, I had a lot to say that you know just to celebrate how far we've come, like how far we need to go, but 
you know, I felt like that was a, that was a special day. Absolutely. Um, what did you study? Her, Sorry, just to interrupt. What did you study that you did a master's on the Magdalene Laundries? I just, I just finished my law degree and my, oh. I wrote about feminist criminological theories. I wrote about wow. in the Magdalene Laundries. Yeah. This is why I was like, she was so calm when, when like MK, when you were explaining that, I was like, how do you have time to be here? Like, are you okay? Do you need to run? Like you've got so much to do, but you were oh, just, it was great. you were so centered and you really kind of just, when you were speaking about it, there was a passion that was coming through. So it was kind of great to see that, obviously. Thank you so much. Thank you. So what are you going to, hold on, hold on, hold on a second now. <laughs> She's like, thank <laughs> you, you, stop you now. Do, yeah. Are you going to do law or are you going to do boxing? Um, both. Like your yeah, both. Really? Yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. you'd be able to though? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think they actually complement each other, and um, I, I've, you know, I've got love for both of them in different ways. Like boxing, I feel far more myself, and I feel like I can kind of like you the way, way you're saying about performing. Like you're in your happy, happy place. Like when I'm in the ring and I'm fighting and I'm, I'm actually channeling my energy. I feel like that is me. You know, in my mm. rawest, most vulnerable, but passionate state yeah um but with with law I feel like it's kind of a, a vessel that I can make change or at least I can contribute in some way to at least being aware of what's going on within the judicial system within like uh social justice in Ireland um so that, that there's, there's things that, that I like I mean, it is going to be massively busy 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 yeah intense yeah but well yeah yeah, we'll see which which I actually applied for a master's in theater and performance. So I don't know, like it might go total different directions. So we'll see which what, what I end up doing. But, um, but the thesis, the thesis was submitted and everything like that. Like that's yeah. all done and dusted. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Amazing. Finished. So I finished everything. Yeah. No, it feels good. That was like when we spoke, I was I was submitting it the following day. Yeah. So wow. yeah, that was good. Um, but in oh, terms of what I've learned in lockdown, yeah. I think uh I've this year, I know that 2020 has been a bit of a like shit show for want of a better word, but I think that there's been so much um, important lessons for everyone, you know, in terms of equality, social justice, diversity, um, and then further afield beyond in understanding the fragility of the frameworks that we so heavily rely on and give credence to. Like, you know, anything could shut down. We're not in control. It's a reminder of that, you know, like the rug can be pulled from under us at any moment. So have the crack, relax and be present, you know, mm. like it, it, it simplifies things and it kind of distills what life is about um, in a very harsh and quite cruel way. Um, so I think that 2020 has been a massively important, important year for everyone. Yeah. Um, what about you, yeah. Joanne? What are you going to bring forward from from this? I mean, you kind of nailed it there, MK, like it was very on the nail on the head. Is that a phrase? Is that what is nail on the head? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Um, in terms of what 2020 has been and yeah Joanne what about what about you I mean what are you gonna bring, bring forward, forward. Hmm. about half a stone um <laughs> that's fucking then... grand you're grand yeah. that doesn't matter <laughs> um, no you're right it doesn't matter but there was matter. a time that would have sent me like insane do you know what I mean but now I it's it's like you know yin yang it flows in flows out yeah. what I've realized is what I've realized is because of what I do, you have to be kind of, you're, you're always kind of expelling. Like you're always trying to, you have to have an opinion. You don't like, you're like, I have to have an opinion on everything. I have to read all the papers. I have to know what's going on. I have to write, write. I have to think, 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 what do I think about this? How will I perform this? How will I make this funny? And I don't take a lot of time to read 
other things or like absorb rather than expel. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what's happening at the moment is I've taken like entire, like three days where I'm like, I'm not going to take pen to paper once. I'm not going to do any Insta stuff. Um, I'm just going to sit around the house and read and watch programs and absorb what's going on and recharge with what other people are doing. And then it actually gives me ideas for my own stuff. So it's such an important part of the process that I wasn't doing because I, any free time in my mind, I was thinking I have to be writing. I have to be trying to move my career forward because um, I work for myself. So mm. if you're not, no one else is going to come to you and say, why haven't you done that or what? Now that's not true because they will, because you get obviously you've deadlines with certain companies and things, but you always have to be looking for opportunities. You always have to be looking for work. You always have to be pitching. And um, so your brain never has time to switch off from yourself. And I'm tired yeah. of talking about myself. I'm actually tired yeah. of talking about myself. And it's mad because nice <laughs> you really do miss things as well. Like it's mad. I feel like when you work in an industry that is, like constantly kind of doing that level of output, whether it's, you know, comedy Mm. or, you know, like MK, the work that you've done around wellness and stuff like that. Sometimes because we are so busy, you honestly do forget that other people are out there creating incredible other things as well that also need to be shouted about and need to be, like you said, Joanne, absorbed. And that doesn't diminish anything that you're doing. Yeah, it doesn't take away from what what other people are doing. No, and yeah. it adds to what I do, actually, because I'll read, like, I'm just in the middle of reading normal people. Like, that <gasps> book has been sitting on my shelf for I don't know how long. Years. I don't even know how long. It's, it's, it's been there for ages. Um, has it been published years? I don't know. Uh, and I'm only getting around to reading it now. And it's so good. And I'm getting so much out of it. Yeah. But up to now, I would ne- up to the lockdown, I would never have, I wouldn't have read it. I wouldn't have read anything. You Did know you watch I mean? the show? Stuff that was about comedy. I only would read comedy books or like books about directing yeah. comedy or books about comedians, autobiographies. I never read anything outside of that. That's amazing. No, I'm reading the book so I can watch the porno after I watch. After <laughs> it's the book. not a porno, but MK, did sure. you watch it? I did. I watched it. I binge watched it over like two days. And it I heard was it's amazing. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's hey. so frustrating. Your man, Connell. I'm like, just say something. Oh, I think he just represents so much of like Irish, especially kind of like he rural he's Ireland. Beautiful, you know. He's beautifully written. Like the character is, is beautifully it's written. Very frustrating. Very, I find it very frustrating. My mum said the he's same like, thing. Oh. Yeah. She said the exact I same see thing. her and I'm not with her and I, I, I love her. He's like, I'm so drawn to her. I want to set myself on fire. Like that's a pretty dramatic thing to think. And yeah. But he can't when he's with her go, do you want to go out? I know, but like, John, they're so young as well. And it's like, it's classic. I mean, it's pretty much like watching every relationship you've ever been in when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Like it's frustrating and it's maddening, but that's what makes it so watchable and so readable because you're like, I've been that person crying outside that exact club, to be honest with you. That's my local Tamangos. You haven't seen it. Uh, This isn't a spoiler, but one of the scenes, it's shot in Tamangos and like he gets very upset afterwards. And I was like, done that, cried on the way home, but didn't just make one call, made like 75 calls, like very upsetting. But I mean, it's so relatable. I don't have yeah. 75 problems. So, you know, the, the house um, with the pool and everything. So yes. the kind of posh party. I said, that's, I know the girl who her parents own that house, Serena Layden. And we used to go to parties in that house. And I tried to lose my virginity in that house. <laughs> I failed, but I tried. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> How to did be honest, it throwback, throwback. It was a, it was a, just didn't, the, what you say, oh, the sorry. rocket right. didn't take off. 
We're digressing slightly, but I knew that if we were going to talk about normal people at all, we would have started talking about it. And in case anybody is watching or listening who hasn't seen it, we won't do any more spoilers. But it's a great point that you're taking the time to actually go and read some other literature and watch some other things that don't have anything to do with exactly what you're doing currently it's I mean that's... so enjoyable it's just so enjoyable and like like I say it only makes what I need to do then way easier because I have all this other stuff to feed off because usually I just feed off my friends like their failed relationships or things that they tell me and I'll try and like kind of wind it into stand-up whereas now I have this whole I've been ordering books it's reading actually reading I've, I'm back into reading and talking to my friends on the phone I, I, I never spoke to my friends on the phone because we always worked opposite like I'm free during the day. They're all working. I work nights. It was so hard to chat to people on the phone. Yeah. So now I'm chatting to my friends more. It's been great. I think that is one of the things that I'm really happy about, about lockdown and stuff like that. Like I've reconnected with a lot of people that I had, you know, had always been in my life, but that I hadn't necessarily, you know, <clears throat> taken the time to speak to as much as I should have and things mm. like this. And I mean, life does get in the way and that of course happens and people are busy. And once everything goes back to normal, things are going to get busy again. But I think that it's kind of how enjoyable is it just talking to your friends on the phone? Like you forget that because you're so busy and it's 2020 and you wouldn't have n- normally done it. Now, to be honest, I am a little sick of the old. I know we're on Zoom, but the Zoom quizzes, to be honest with you, I'm like, I'm okay about saying goodbye to those Zoom quizzes. Oh, we, we're, they're out now. They're gone. My worst nightmare was, do you know the way they only give you an hour for free? And I was on a really <laughs> bad Zoom. I was on a really bad Zoom and I just wanted to go. There was like 60 of us or something. It was a disaster. And uh, I was like, well, it's coming up to the hour now. This is brand will be out. And then your woman was like, oh, by the way, I have premium. So we can chat for as long as we want. And I was like, no! <laughs> so I, I, I made my excuses I was like oh I have to uh, and I just liked it like, like honestly, there's only so much staring at people you can do yeah I feel like in the really big ones like the 60 people ones you can't have a normal conversation it's very difficult to be like so Tony and then they, they just they're not listening correctly and it's a it's a bit of a thing but um yeah it was fun though I mean it was great for the first six weeks and then I was like nope see you later I know we all have to move on we all have to move on. Um, so we do have some questions that came in, which I'm going to get to now. Uh, so we put it out there for all the people who wanted to join the conversation. They had some um, really great questions, a lot of them to do with uh, setting goals and stuff like that. You know, the lovely show that it is. It's called Girls With Goals. So we're going to get to them now in a second. But I wanted to ask first... Um, it's kind of one of the things that we talk about on the show. So what's coming up next for you guys in terms of your life and your career. I think, you know, Ireland is a little bit more ahead of the UK in terms of kind of coming out of the lockdown. Mm. Like, you know, everything is starting to open up now and people are starting to go back to work and stuff like that. So it's great. But I suppose for you, Joanne, you said that you were coming home soon enough and tell us what's It'll be happening. a while. It'll like be a while. It won't, comedy, comedy won't be up and running for a while yeah. now. Like I, my two Vicar Streets have been rescheduled for September and a lot the rest of my like most of my tour dates have been rescheduled to September so we're trying to figure out if that will happen so I'm I'm working towards me being back to work in September so okay. between then and now I'm just gonna like enjoy yeah. it I'm just gonna take it like my summer holidays like we had hmm. in school and literally that's what I'm gonna do I'm just gonna chill out I'm gonna read I'm gonna stop pretending I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna stop pretending I'm gonna pitch a sitcom I'm not I'm not gonna do those things Brand. You do pitch a sitcom, do it'd be so funny, Joanne. Go on. Yeah, I, I, I will. I thank you. I will. Um, I do have one kind of floating around with the production company in the UK. But 
I just I was so upset the book thing was a big thing yeah the book thing was like because the publisher was on I I have like had had the chats and all there was a publisher interested in me writing a book I was like oh yeah buying a book I grant he was like oh really and I was like yeah and uh, he was like all right now it's for the UK like it's a UK publisher so I'd be writing for an audience it'd be different if I was writing a book with the Irish for the Irish market I'd be writing on the hope I'd be right I'd I'd be able to write more about myself I think because I'd I have a bit of a profile at home so you'd be that you'd have a bit of a platform to sell it off yeah whereas mm-hmm. in the UK no one knows or cares who I am so you'd be writing it just like a book and like you'd be very hard to sell a book you know very hard to kind of break through without some little platform beforehand yeah. so then I sat down to try and he was like give me an idea and I was like I don't have a clue I, I thought <laughs> I'd bang out a book I honestly thought I'd bang out a book in 10 weeks I feel like so everybody thinks they've got a few books it. in them though, like to be honest with you. Like people yeah. think that it's really easy to write a book and it's actually not at all. Like it's very I sent difficult. this man 30 pages of writing and he was like, thanks Emil, um, really enjoyed reading the pieces that you sent me. But he's like, that wasn't a book pitch. That was just you talking shite for 30 pages. Like, <laughs> well, at least he's honest. He's like, you have to give me an idea I can sell. Like I need an idea I can sell, you know? And I was like, oh, right, yeah. So I've scrapped that. I'll come back to that in a year or two, I think. Yeah, we actually had a few questions come in about kind of writing and stuff. So we'll get to those now in a minute. Um, but MK, what about what about you? What about the future for you? I mean, busy boxing, obviously, and yeah. law. Yeah, I'm looking forward to so going back much. to training. So much, yeah. You're like a machine. I'm, I'm really not. I mean, I spend most of my day just sitting in the garden. <laughs> I don't do to sit Lovely. in the garden. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a boxing solicitor. Like, I don't even know. Mental. I can only uh, do one thing a day. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to training. I really miss my coach and I miss I miss the club. Um yeah. that's gonna happen hopefully the 29th. I'll be back up in Dublin when we're allowed to drive and yeah. Just get stuck into that and and see what comes. I kind of uh, I'm I'm at a kind of a cro- like a fork in the road. I don't know what's gonna happen to be honest. And I wish I knew, but I think it's mm. more interesting not to know. So I'm just gonna trust that there's you know that it, it will the stars will align and something that will happen but absolutely for, for I mean now, I did going back to training and see how we get on I did have like a huge amount of kind of I felt for athletes quite a lot especially when everything shut down just because you know the same thing for you Joanne in terms of comedy and that being your job like for so many people sport obviously is their job and then that was just shut down and it I think taking training away from people who it's such a massive part of their life. Like, you know, when we speak about wellness and mental health and stuff like that, like a massive impact on, on so many people, but it's, it's really encouraging that that's going to be coming back and that you'll be able to go back to it and obviously safely and stuff like that and just follow everything, follow all the guidelines that we can. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I would, I would say that boxing, you might get back too fast but I mean it's definitely contact so oh there's no way we'll be fighting for a while or sparring I'd say it'll yeah. be socially distant outdoor training but even at that yeah. it'll just be good to be back with the team and you know just have some sort of community again because I really am missing that um yeah. massively I'm missing you know teammates and just connection like human connection I just miss it so much you know yeah I honestly um, I keep saying how much I'm looking forward to getting back to the gym but I feel like I'm just saying that now because when the gym's open again, I probably won't be in there. Like realistically, I probably won't be in there, but it's fun to say. Um, I started working out in my uh, house and I'm actually kind of enjoying it. At the start, I didn't do anything. I literally didn't do anything. 
Um, and then, like I say, I was putting on weight and I was getting really stressed about that then because these things do stress me out. Yeah. So I was like, right, and I started working out in the room. I bought some leg weights. I have UK leg weights. Then I was like, right, need to move up. I've, I've moved on. I then bought 5K leg, five on each leg, which is ridiculous. I can't walk. I can't do anything in them. We have weights, dumbbells. We're delighted. We're like right. doing I have to tell you. That's amazing. So I've been, yeah. I've been doing, we have to get to the questions, but I've started Pilates. And I had never done home. it before. Yeah, just at home. Just literally on YouTube. Pilates for beginners. That's what I typed in. And okay. I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. Proper makes you sweat. I was like, the first one, I was like, this is going to be really simple. They don't even move that much. I was yeah. on the floor. Like, it's so difficult. It's so hard. Yeah. But uh, I remember it's I was, great. When I was- I was um because like I say I worked for myself and uh, comedy could be like a pretty lonely job because you're on your own yeah. pretty much all the time unless you're in front of an audience but like you know that's not really I did I did a Galway actually I did a show in the town hall and then I after just came out to say hello to people who've been at the show and these girls were like do you want to go for a drink and I was like yeah <laughs> they're like really I was like yeah so I went down to the local with them because I was like I haven't I haven't spoken to anyone so when I was living in Dunleary I my local gym had a Pilates class and I was like I'll go just for like the, the kind of sense of community and the contact and I'll go to a class yeah. and I turned out I was the only one there it was a digital class so like you just they just played it on um a screen and like a you. screen ah and it was just me sitting in this huge, big glass room. <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never felt more lonely. It's just a, mad cle- a man cleaning the windows behind me. And I was like, so grim. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not for everyone, but it's fun. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, we, had a qu- we had some questions in. So this is to both of you. So I can't seem to set goals properly and actually stick to them. I'm looking for a new job at the moment and really need to get my goals in order help please so I mean goal setting do you guys have any kind of rhyme or reason when it comes to that do you set goals do you write them down are you specific if you don't reach them do you kind of give yourself a hard time or no MK what about you oh it's an interesting one you know I, I I'm definitely not an expert in in setting or achieving goals but I think that um one thing that I, helps me is kind of visual, visualization and like un- understanding what success might look like to you um and also questioning your intention with it because often I set goals that I don't fully I don't fully want but I've been influenced to think that I want you know like uh I often like rush into things and then I realize this isn't where I'm meant to be so like I think set understand the goal uh write it down maybe share it with somebody so you have a little bit of you know uh, somebody to bounce it off but don't hold yourself to it uh, unless it's something that you really have wanted for a long time and question what part of you wants it, you know, um, is it because it's security? Is it because it's a, you know, status? What is it? You know, cause often I, my ego wants shit all the time. You know, I'm always like, Oh, I need this. I need that. And then I realize I actually don't. Um, but if it's something that you're really passionate about, write it down, visualize mm-hmm. it, you know, how does it feel? Um, and then share it with somebody and ask them to maybe hold you a little bit accountable to, the next steps you know that's such good advice I love that you said that like there are actual things that you think you may want to achieve but when you really think about them you probably maybe don't I love that yeah Yeah. great Joanne what about you do you have any kind of what so two things one the lockdown I don't think I said this earlier has definitely 
made me realize I need a bigger like work life balance hmm. rather than just work. Like I need a life. I need yeah. like a social life. I need time to put into like dating. I need time to put into my friends and family because if I just put all my energy and all my time into my career, even if it all works and it comes together and I do become this like successful standup that I would like to be. Like if you're if on you your are own, a successful standup, I think this is such a funny thing. When I speak to you, you do like, you do seem to come down on yourself. Quite a lot of people, Joanne, look at your career and be like, like literally I, I took one of your tweets with your permission and put it up on our, our, her Instagram. And the comments under it were just like funniest woman in Ireland. That. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, that's I so think- nice. I think you do give yourself think, a bit of a heart, I, but it's all relative. I know that success for exactly. one person is different for somebody else. But yeah, I'm on the cl- I'm on the climb, and I'm I'm based in the UK now, so like I'm comparing myself to like the Catherine Ryan's and the Dara O'Brien's. Like right. that's the level. You know what I mean? That's what I'm working towards. Yeah. But I remember actually, I saw it was a tweet from Catherine Ryan actually that kind of really sat with me because at the time, like I'm single, I was working all the time. Uh, and she was talking about she was doing a show somewhere her own show and uh, obviously she's massive and mm. the uh, venue organizer said do you want do you want any vip tickets do you want any guest passes like are you bringing anyone basically and she was like ha 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 who would i possibly have to bring to the show and it really resonated with me because i was like oh my god that's so true like you have to put so much of yourself into the job and there's so much travel involved and it's a very anti so it sounds like it's this really social job and actually it's an incredibly anti-social job and I was like what's really the point doing it all doing it all for me I re- it was some it was a moment that I realized for me is like if I got to the level of Catherine Ryan if I don't even have a dog like that I can come home to or yeah. what do I want and it was a it was a bit of an epiphany moment I was like okay I do need to balance it out more but yeah. then I don't know. Is that enough? Like you have to work so hard to make it. Like you have to make all those sacrifices, you know? And because I was kind of late getting into it, I didn't get into it till I was 30, 31. So a lot of people that I'm now like in the industry with have been doing it for maybe 10 years longer than me, but we're the same Mm. age. So that can kind of feed into your paranoia as well that you're, you know, you're not going to crack on. But like I am Pally with a stand-up over here who I consider very successful. And he was talking about himself recently saying that, you know, he isn't successful. So it's all yeah. relative. It's, it's, it's all what relative. you pitch yourself against. It's like, what's your barometer? Mm. Um, so but work-life think balance. When you're talking about, yeah, like I think in terms of like the question about goals and stuff, not everything needs to be in that professional capacity. Like you can have goals for your regular life and that's like perfectly attainable. Yeah. That's something that I'm going to try and take with me kind of post lockdown. Like not everything and I know this show, which I started in 2017, predominantly to deal with women and to talk about like professional goals and women who are absolutely kicking ass in their own industries. But at the same time, you know, you can have goals in your in your real life too. And that's so normal as well to just want, whether that's a dog or just to spend some time on things that aren't yeah. so career focused as well. It's It takes also, a bit of I'm weight off. To, it does. But I'm also, when I think, well, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to build something for myself so that I'm financially independent, so that I don't have to rely on anyone else. Um, but doing that means that I should be on my own to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I have to do. But that's what I want to do. That's my choice at the moment. But I do need to balance it out a bit more. Yeah, there has to be sure. a bit more social life. There has to be. Okay, well, we'll so I, can I add more. one more thing? Yeah, just, of course. Just on that. Um, one thing that I find that kind of steals my joy, especially when I'm goal setting, is when I compare myself to other people. 
And I think we're all guilty of it. And especially oh, now yeah. while we're connected to social media even more than ever, and we're relying on it for actual connection, which it will never give you, but you're, you still put your faith in it. Just like, I, I want to see what they're doing. Um, it, it's comparison is the, the thief of joy. And I believe that so much, you know, yeah. so yeah. what success looks like to you might be very different to another person and to bear that in mind and to, to always kind of come back and, and check in with yourself. Absolutely. That's great as well. Okay. And I do love a bit of fresh stationery. I find that's good with my girls betting. Very yeah. true. I really that's want to. Yeah, I love a bit of stationery. I want a whiteboard. Joanne, we've spoken about this before, but I don't want a massive, <laughs> like, university-sized whiteboard, which you ordered before. What I ordered by accident, yeah. I thought I was getting one, like, the size for my wall, and it was one for a university. Yeah. So I just, I would love a, taken a nice, away. I would love a nice, taken like, away a in a truck. Well, I also have what, um, these <laughs> markers taken that away I use. I have to take right these mark. I bought these uh like wet markers and I write stuff on my mirror. Oh, that's Mantras, nice. Things to do. I like that. Yeah, like a hipster wedding kind of vibe. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so we got a question in. Uh, what is your favorite pizza? Now, bear in mind, I have like hoovered this up. By the way, my Dr. Mementi pizza. So, what's your favorite pizza? This is mine. I'm a Hawaiian. I love a Hawaiian pizza. It's a controversial decision, but I love it. I, I, like I a, agree. I would be a like mozzarella, that. tomato girl. Keep your pineapple. Go to an island and eat it, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. What? Oh. You have an immature palate, Neve. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a party when I was about 14, and my mind was blown when, when I saw a guy put pear on a pizza. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's quite mad. Sounds good. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not really mad at that. That's okay. Um, okay, we have a sorry, my face is full of pizza. We have a question in here. Hi, ladies. Um, when greeting someone in a professional capacity now, what should we do? This is actually quite a funny question. A wave, a curtsy, a giggle at the situation, and then get stuck into business. Um, same question for going on a distant date. That's a great question. So professional oh capacity. I'm just gonna jump in because. I have always had a weird amount of anxiety about that because do you know the way sometimes it depends whether it's a formal situation or a non-formal situation where sometimes you, you'd get like a handshake and then a kiss on a, on the cheek when you're like meeting people that so you haven't seen know, in a while. Yeah. So hard to know, very difficult. There was that episode of Friends where, you know, Rachel ended up kissing her boss and it was just a... <laughs> It's horrifically awkward. So I actually think that these new social distant rules are going to suit me down to the ground because it's what I would do is a nice professional nod and then that's it. Professional nod and then just <laughs> move, move, move along. It's just do it again, a, do it again. Nice, that's very it. professional. And, and then give me your casual it. nod. What's your casual nod? There you go. See, that's nice. so different though. Professional nod. Yeah. Casual <laughs> nod. Like, and I'm my Perfect. life is better for it. What do you guys think? How are you going to do? Wave? I don't know. Like I went when I worked in public relations, it was oh my god! Like you'd go in, you didn't. You were like, I'm shifting half of the clients. Like you'd have to go in, you didn't know what to do, and it was a disaster. And I always have that fear. Like if you go in for one, is it two? And I always die when I see. I'm watching um, Housewives of Beverly Hills at the moment. Five stars, highly recommend. Love it, love it. Uh, Live my best life. When they when they miss when they mix it up when someone goes in for the second and the other person's pulled back, it's excruciating to watch. So it's not just in my mind; it's really embarrassing. (laughs) So I like in stand-up, in green rooms, you go in and because uh, you're usually the only female, the men will kind of give you a kiss. Then all the Me Too stuff happened and now they just kind of put their hands up. They don't want to touch you, which suits me down to the ground. I don't really want to go. 
killed by strangers. Um, so I just think a high, but I would love to bring Kurt Sing back. That would be very cool. Yeah, it would be cool. What about, uh, same question to you, MK, in a professional capacity first, and then we'll talk about socially distant dates. But MK, what about you? I'm going to struggle with this whole socially distant thing. Like I, I, I'm such a hugger. And really? I hug for way too long anyway. Like I'm, I'm always called out for like, let go now, you know? Like, see, I, that's I, lovely. That's lovely that I you know it. that you're a hugger. I'm a very yeah, uncomfortable no, a hugger. hugger. Really? Oh, I find this fascinating. And my sister, there's only like, there's a, there's a year between us, but she detests hugs. Like I, ha- I haven't yeah. seen her and I know that she'll just be like, piss off. There's yeah. no way I'm hugging you. I definitely you know, do I, now I, uh, anyway. I don't want anybody to hug me now. I mean, I didn't like them before, but now in particular... It's like, it's going to mm. suit me down to the ground. I'm happy with it. What about mm. dates though? That was kind of a double barrel question. There was a, a social distant date. We've written quite a lot about this on, on site. Like, I mean, you've got the nice little two meter walk that you can do along the canal, <laughs> stuff like that. That's so sad. What yeah. You could go, yeah, you could go fencing. Go fencing, that's a great fencing. idea. Fencing's the only sport that has not been decimated. It's like, wow. I'm writing that down. Wow. That is brilliant. And you have a fucking sword that guarantees that you're two meters away from the person. I mean, like. Wow. Okay, I'm putting that in a show. That's brilliant. <laughs> you're welcome. Fencing, um, that's a great show. That's a brilliant idea, yeah. Or paddleboarding. I think like paddleboarding would be a good first date because like you, you don't yeah. have to be close to them but fencing know? I like the idea of the contact with the lot with the with the two meter long whatever yeah, syringe yeah, thing yeah. that is yeah I love Good. that and um, we can probably fit in one final question do you have any advice um oh this is probably more towards well no not necessarily do you have any advice for uh authors yeah so basically I want to be an author and I'm trying to get into it but I don't really know where to start any advice so God, like, writing I'm, like I, it's a tough one I you just heard my story about that publisher guy. So difficult. Get an agent, I guess. But I think you have to write. You have to write like like what he was saying. You just need an idea. Yeah. Like that's what he was saying to me. You need an idea. He's like, I know you can write. That's grand. Like most people can write. But you need an idea. That's what they say. Most people have one book in them. Yeah. Um, I'm slowly discovering I'm one of the people that doesn't have a book in them. So I, I couldn't I couldn't give advice really. I've never had anything published. Just articles and stuff. Yeah. I feel like in terms of... um whether it's writing or wanting to be an author or just any kind of thing like that, that you're really committed to, because it sounds like this person just really wants to be this one thing. It's kind of back to what you were saying, MK, about visualization. So like, you know, if it's something that you really want to happen for yourself Mm -hmm. and believe it and then do whatever you can to make that happen. But I I do feel like it's a a tough industry to like break into, you know? I'll also say, I remember, sorry, MK, just to say before, Mm -hmm. and then I'll shut up, that I remember it's also, I would say two things, practice, like as in, I remember Joseph O'Connor who wrote Star of the Sea. He, he, I remember an interview and he said, I didn't wake up being able to write Star of the Sea. He's like, "I, I wrote a load of stuff that wasn't good before I wrote Star of the Sea. So like, yeah. right, 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 right. And also what I would say in this day and age is write for, write for papers like as much as you can. I don't know if that person is or not. So you have a bit of a name as a writer before you go into publishing because it's, just think it's so idea. hard to sell books these days and that you it need is. to have a bit of a name or somewhere to sell it, somewhere to plug it. And plus the writing of the articles will give you practice. Yeah. Definitely. Even a blog, like a blog spot or something, you know, that, yeah. whatever that is. Because I, I follow this girl who is like an amazing writer, I think totally undervalued and will go far. But like even having that, like an amateur uh, collection of works and just speak about anything you want. 
Um, but I had a similar experience with a book publisher where I was going to write about my experience with anorexia when I was yeah. nine to 13. And I was like, I'm an too. Were you? No way. Yes. Oh, that's, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> like I knew, I knew that you both did, but I just we weren't really talking about it. Today, oh, but at the same time, we, we could have we could have talked about it from the very beginning. But that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 So, and you didn't get far with well, the publisher, or you decided not to tell them. No, I, was- I, you know what? I felt like I'm not at the place where I reflect on that time in my life clearly yet. You know, like right. it's still like I'm still integrating all of that. You mm. know, even though mm. I was you know like I went to London to get treatment and I I just I still need to look at what that was because yeah, I still don't know so the root. young you were so yeah. young as well yeah, yeah exactly and it feels like a distant memory now that I just need to have a better grip on but it, when I was offered like a, a book deal I was like this is amazing of course mm. I'll write the book but it's something yeah. so intimate and so personal that you just need to again take time and question where is what's my intention oh my intention is the status of having written a book and not actually understanding the experience that I went through and being able to help people because that's ultimately the goal you know you don't want to rehash trauma or or rehash you know whatever you know recovery journey you had without having the intention to pass that on positively yeah. you know so it's kind of just slowing down but but timing and intention, like those two things that you said there, like so crucial. And I think if that person who wrote in, like w- whether they have that book already, they know what it is that they want to write about. I mean, I feel like that's kind of half the battle. So whether it's autobiographical or whether it's a story or, you know, like knowing exactly what it is that you want to do and making sure that it's the right time for you. So like intention is one of the things that I've learned from you, MK. I'm literally listening to you and I'm just like, just visualize that intention, make sure that it's the yeah. right thing for yourself and not just what society or what everybody else thinks would be the right call for you, you know? Great advice. Very powerful. Thank you. Very powerful. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing that that you've also recovered from anorexia. And we, yeah, or like anorexia and bulimia. Like, wow. wow, okay. I'd both, anorexia and bulimia, I'd everything go. Wow. Joanne wrote um, a show about it as well. It's really incredible. Yeah, amazing. so I wrote a, I'd a, love to watch a, that. a comedy theater show. At the time yeah. I thought I was writing stand-up, but I was also deluded. No, it was a theater, theater show, theater. yeah. Yeah, it was it was, com- it was comedy theater. Dark, comedy dark. theater, definitely, yeah. But it wasn't yeah, stand-up. It, was it wasn't stand-up. Like when no, I went it to it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was was that cathartic for you? I guess it was, yeah. Because you, you, when I wrote it, I was just, my director, Una McCavitt, when I wrote it, I would read bits out to her and I what was cathartic was seeing the shock in her face over stuff that I wrote down that I didn't think of as shocking and wow. seeing your behavior reflected back at you she was like wow and I was like oh is that a re-? I keep saying like is that is that really dark and she was like yeah it's really, really dark so it was actually great and also it gave me it, uh, when I got into comedy it gave me a purpose as in a reason to recover because I didn't really have one before that I just thought recovery was just getting fat I didn't see any positive of it yeah. at all um and then meeting women who had come to the show that was I wouldn't say cathartic but kind of nice that you're like oh yeah. this is something I can help trying to for someone to come and go oh yeah I did that too and see themselves reflected back but in a not in a totally earnest way like in a funny way in an irreverent mm-hmm. way it was amazing than, it was a great show rather than like sad 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 yeah. you know I take the piss actually, out of it a bit that's people? amazing. You've got can to take the piss out of it. Can you watch yeah, it exactly. or Joanne? No, there's oh. a, there, you can't. I was thinking of putting it on somewhere again. Bring it back. I'd Bring love to back. see that. I might do it. I might, I'll, I'll see if I could do it in Dublin one night. Yeah. Because uh, I really like it. Like, it's a good show, you know. Great Una show. Was, was, was great. She kind of uh, dramaturged the whole thing because a lot of it was just, it was just pages and pages of me rambling. Yeah. But, yeah. It's amazing. 
It was brilliant. Um, guys, unfortunately, we are absolutely out of time now but I just want to say before I say goodbye to you guys I want to say thank you to the sponsor for um allowing us to put this on it's been um incredible to have you guys so a big thank you to Dr. Utger of course uh, the new Mementi range is out now so don't forget like what we've been talking about to take a moment for yourself as well and yeah just set your intentions i feel very zen after that conversation so mary kate that's Slattery. mk i'm not zen she's zen she's you're, making us zen. you're both you're both zen joanne I'm and MK. at all times you know that no i think <laughs> you're you're fantastic i love the honesty and the vulnerability I, that makes me feel calm and and there's a lot of realness oh, i love good. it absolutely yeah. you too. Lads, did you enjoy yourselves anyway just have a good time yeah. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Niamh. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. And thank you to everybody who's listening now or who will be listening as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. So I'll let you off. I've got about 18 more pizzas to get through. So um, I'm going to get to it. So bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Girls With Goals is brought to you by Dr. Ertker's new Mementi Pizza Range.